Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verse 1 through 11, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 10, verse 8b through 13, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 4, verse 1 through 13, and Psalm 91, verse 1 through 2, and 9 through 16. When my son Ryan was quite young, think early preschool, and I was a single working mom, and we needed to get things moving in the morning. Ryan was not a morning person, and truth be told, I'm not a morning person. But he needed to get to school, and I needed to get to work. And I had a long career at my corporate employer, and at that employer, we had something called the persuasive selling framework. Persuasive selling framework was you summarize the situation, state your idea, explain how it works, provide a couple of options for easy next steps, any of which are totally acceptable to you. So I started just intuitively applying that at home. We need to get up and get going so you can get to school on time. You have two options. You can get dressed and eat breakfast, and then watch a little of your show. Or you can eat and then get dressed and watch a little of your show. Which would you prefer? I remember very clearly the first morning when his response to me was, Mommy, I need more options. (laughs) And it wasn't that much longer until one evening after dinner he said to me, Mom, it would be a really good thing to go get some ice cream. What would you prefer, chocolate or strawberry? (laughs) I knew I needed to come up with a new program from there on. Children learn so quickly. So it's wonderful to see more faces this morning. This morning, we have options. More options than we've had in quite some time. We have options around whether we wear a mask or not, whether we sing or not, about receiving communion, whether we receive the bread and the wine, or just the one, or come up for a blessing. We have had so much time of restraint, so these options kind of might make us feel a little giddy. We've got options. But we've also had some hard lessons, um, some hard learning during this time, which, which hopefully we will carry forward. Lessons around being compassionate towards each other, recognizing that we are in different places as we continue to go through this time, being respectful and protective towards each other, looking at other people's needs in addition to our own, and responding to the circumstances that confront us. As Phil said, this is where we are today. We're low, and here we are. But that may change again. We hope not, but it may. And when it does, we will be back to masks. We will do what's needed for the benefit of the entire community. But today, it's kind of elating and, frankly, a little scary. (laughs) It's like, oh, wow, here everybody is. In our Gospel reading from Luke today, Jesus has just been baptized, is full of the Holy Spirit, 
and has been led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days, for 40 days, he is tempted by the devil. Jesus fasted during those 40 days, and when they were over, he was famished. And the devil is aware of this and begins to to tempt Jesus in very targeted ways. We might say the devil is offering Jesus some options. If you are the son of God, command the stone to become a loaf of bread. But despite his gnawing hunger, Jesus is not buying that. Jesus responds, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. The devil shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and offers him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Again, Jesus firmly refuses. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil takes Jesus to Jerusalem to the pinnacle of the temple and challenges him. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up. But again, Jesus remains resolute and responds. It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus is not tempted by any of these options, options that would have him show and use his gifts for his own benefit, that would give him power over earthly kingdoms, that would have him test the Lord's response to intercede for him. Jesus knows that that has nothing to do with his calling. He is called to be obedient to God, to begin his ministry, and to walk the path and share the good news he has been given. Luke's gospel tells us the devil departs. We know the devil will test again. So what are the temptations that confront us? And how do we respond? We are not Jesus. We carry the spirit within us. And we may try always to follow the Holy Spirit's guidance. But we are human and fallible. With God's grace, forgiving and forgiven. What temptations might we encounter this Lenten season? And how might we respond? Whenever I hear the word temptation, and I just have to confess to this, I immediately conjure up an image of a pizza. Pizza is it for me. Thin crust, tomato sauce, cheese, oregano, hot peppers, some spicy toppings. I am in, despite every good intention around diet around fasting, around who knows what, I am in. Now I know that God is calling us to something very deeper than that. I'm just confessing, temptation, pizza. But there are much deeper temptations that I think challenge us. Are we tempted to misuse our gifts for our benefit alone? Are we tempted to want to control others? to have them bend to our agendas, to have them be who we want them to be? Are we tempted to put 
God to the test. I suspect many of us might do that regularly, put God to the test. I know I do, not out of any intention to do it, but perhaps because there are times when I'm not so clear, there are times when I'm not so awake, there are times when I have a misguided intention. It's part of our fallibility, our humanity. Do we have old patterns and habits that no longer serve us, and yet we continue to default to them? Do we have new ways of being or doing that we want to lean into and yet yield to the temptation of fear, resistance, or self-doubt? Do we witness the pain and suffering in the world and feel the temptation to withdraw, to look away? We have temptations. We have options. Hopefully we pray and listen for guidance. Hopefully we seek always to follow the path of love. But we have temptations and options. The people of Ukraine are facing gut-wrenching options moment to moment to fight to defend their freedom, their homes, their country, or to flee against the invasion that has been violently and unjustly foisted upon them. Options to try to salvage anything of all they have built or to retreat for another opening. And not all have such options. We are seeing such remarkable courage and devastating suffering amid such unthinkable circumstances. Most of the people of the world, including some very brave souls in Russia, are watching and feeling the limitations of their, of our options, desiring to send clear signals of opposition and condemnation with sanctions and demonstrations, seeking to provide humanitarian support, wanting to avoid any action that will exacerbate the situation and lead to more escalation. We want desperately to act decisively And yet, with a recognition of potential risks, we hold back. We witness suffering. We know God is present with all who suffer. And we pray. What else might we be called to? David White, that's spelled W-H-Y-T-E. He's a gifted poet and philosopher. And he's written a new poem, which I found to be beautiful and profound and and poignant. The new poem for this challenging time, and it's called There Is No Table Long Enough. And the image that was posted with this poem was that image of, of France's President Macron and Vladimir Putin at that long table. I don't know, maybe you've, you've seen it, but it's the long, long, long table. And in the poem, he talks about that inner edge of darkness that can dwell in one individual and have such profound impact on the world, but also that can dwell within each of us, those hidden edges of inner troubles. And I'd like to share the words from the last part of the poem because I felt 
particularly meaningful in this time, in this place, and in this season of Lent. There is no table long enough to keep us from our own unspoken darkness. But thanks be to God and every power beyond us, there is no table long enough to hold the riches of darkness transformed. To hold the riches of darkness transformed. To hold the wine raised and the bread consumed. To hold every item of our shared bounty brought from every field of our endeavor in a promised future that despite ourselves will always be destined to forgiveness. Will always be destined to forgiveness. During this holy season of Lent, may the Holy Spirit inspire and guide us May the Holy Spirit inspire and guide all God's people, all God's children, to resist temptation, to repent, to forgive, to reconcile, and always to love. Amen.